to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I'd like to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the power of water, water life science, and your health. And lately, we've been calling it, and I'm going to continue, educating you about the health Olympics, all of us, all of us. Whether you've been diagnosed with something serious or symptoms that you've got to work at or you're, you're healthy, you're doing fine, but we're all in the Health Olympics. And as we're trying to figure out how we live our lives, I've often wondered when the mother goes home and the father with the newborn baby, I think everybody should go into a class together before they go home to study how to work at the Health Olympics and um, get themselves in, in a discipline or a focus to be proactive ahead of the game of uh, learning how to be healthier and live, this, live on this planet and how we live on it together, all of us. It's, it's, a, it's a unit because the earth is in a solar system, a universal system that has to work with the whole system. We need to think that way. We need to start more than ever in history because our connections have gotten closer and closer with that system. The internet, we all just love it. It's like the beginning of the first telephone the radio, here comes TV, here comes airplane travel, here comes the trains that started way back, an automobile, it gets us around, the mailbox, just look at the mailbox, the connections that were brought for us. And as we begin to connect from the invention of the mailbox to the uh, automobile to a train, to a plane, now, look what happened. We're all connected, all of us. Have you ever noticed that people who don't have so much, many people have a phone, and they're using that phone for communications, not just to talk to people, but communications on there. We're all connected more than ever in history, but we've got to remember one thing. We're still a product of nature. And the nature of that product is a species of new inventions from the beginning of time. Look at all the new, all the inventions in the technology with human life, all life on the planet. Can you look out your door and see some things that's not a technology of an invention? The blade of grass, the pavement, the buildings, the automobile, the phone, everything you're wearing, everything around you is an invention of technology. You as a person or earth beginning. And that beginning was lost. And I found myself 
over 30 odd years now ago studying that people had, I, I had been president of health organizations, chairman of the board of physicians and surgeons and more on the state board of health and more. I thought way back and I started thinking, where have I been? Where was I in my health education classes? Where have I been about the life on this planet? Where was I? And even those who go to universities and get, get scholars and, and they get, become PhDs or MDs or MD, uh, MBAs, and I could go on and on and on and on and on, all that's available out there for all of us with those titles. Do you ever go to the doctor's office through the years and get educated about your life, how you're living? so that you can walk out of there and understand better and be more proactive to be in the Health Olympics, we'll call it, and try to think ahead, try to think more proactive, work together as a family of who you are. Now, every show, I'm going to remind you, I've had this show on for 12 years. And the reason I started a research center called Biologic Aqua Research, Water Life Science, throughout the world, throughout the world, I decided not to just do it. I'm from Oregon. I'm from Grants Pass, Oregon. I love Grants Pass, Oregon. So you can't imagine how beautiful this place is. Look it up. Grants Pass, Oregon on the Rogue River. Absolutely pristine and gorgeous in the mountains and the valley. And oh, what they do here as a community for the children is magnificent. The children are the priority of this town. And you can tell by the way they're building their businesses, by the way they do their activities, and the children to offer them the beauty and the street corner statues that are gorgeous throughout the year, and more. Children are a priority over here. But I decided to take on the whole world and show the world we've got a problem here. And I started that over 30 years ago. But when I founded Biologic Aqua Research Center, Water Life Science, we stepped into a pool of teach, teach, teach. Multi-millions of dollars going out to educate the whole wide world about who we are, what we're trying to do, and the beginning of time of the planet. If that's root blue ribbon you've heard about, and they talk about it, out there scientists, about that blue ribbon, clear around, ring, clear around the planet Earth, from one end of it to the other, way back in time. What was in that blue ring? Potential water. It began to drop down. Drip, drip, but it dropped. And it brought life to this planet. Through that breath of living. It had to live with the orbit of the universe. But because if it didn't, it had never began to do what it did 
to bring any alive. It wouldn't have done, it wouldn't have happened. It had to stay in rhythm. Had to stay in, un- unemotionally in rhythm. But look where we're at today. Do you know that when that baby in that womb is being nurtured in water, that nature did that with everything it nurtured. And when that baby is time to be birthed, if it's too early, each of those organs won't have enough percentages of what it requires to come out of that womb and begin to live on this planet. But if it goes full term, it's just ready to go. That Earth, it's then been prepared by the nature of the beginning of time that baby's going to be living on the planet in the water vapor of the air to keep it alive with the rest of the universe of the solar system of the planet in a rhythm. When that baby is born, there are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints, no two skins alike. I mean, everybody is different. I begin to learn it's that evaporation from the body that comes out of the body, not dehydration. Dehydration is extreme possible problem, real serious. It could be fungus on the toe. It could be acne. It could be anything at all, symptoms that, that diagnose symptoms. It could be anything that could cause you to go to extreme dehydration to possibly life-threatening. But we evaporate from the beginning of time, leaving that womb from that moment on because we're not embedded in that pocket of water. That baby begins to move and begins a life with the planet Earth. And that plan of that baby being at that spot begins an evaporation that had never been studied, really. So I decided I would. And I took it on over 30 years ago. Here we are today. We're learning now. What is dry skin? What is the symptom of all these symptoms? Have you noticed that we don't have cures anymore? They're called remissions. Sadly, because they almost gave up. We need cures. We need to get to the seed of the problem and learn together. And that's why this show is so important. We can listen, bring on scientists, which we've been doing from all over the world and all the countries joining us, the scientists, which have joined me through the years with what I do, with research to see if we can get our thumb on it, our finger together as a team. Everything can be a team of how we might approach this to start looking for that cure of the problem of symptoms and disease. And that's why this show is so fun. You can overhear the people from all over the world that are scientists come in and listen together and we can hear each other talk like we're sneaking in like a little mouse in a laboratory overhearing research going on. New thinking, ideas, education, and what we can do to help each other in the Health Olympics. And that's why this show. Today we're going to have 
a very exciting guest, um, a doctor, uh, Mary Jo Bulbrick, and uh, I'll let her tell us about who she is and what she's been doing. And but we're going to go to our sponsor, with Nature's Tears I Missed, which yes, I'm founder. It's for dry eye, and you've been hearing more about dry eye since we launched Nature's Tears I Missed several years ago. I was approached by research to study the future of the epidemic of dry eye and what was happening with the evaporation of the 99% water at the surface of the eye in the tear film. When I learned it, I told them how to do it, but they wanted me to do it. And I was so concerned about the future of blindness and vision impairment to be out of control, I decided I would. And thanks to the whole United States of America helping me at the time, I could not have done it without the help of everybody, coast to coast. And then later came countries that said they believed in what we were doing and that the future of the eyes were at stake. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the first water, 100% tissue culture grade trade secret water to be on the global market for misting the eyes with eye mist. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. If you're wearing cosmetics, it doesn't run, it doesn't drip, it's a mist to be able to provide the supplement necessary to slow down that evaporation before you apply the eye drop. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature Sears Eye Mist with Just a Mist, and we'll be back with the doctor. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Goldbrick, are you with us? Yes, I am. Can you hear me okay? 
Yes, I can hear you just beautifully. Thank you for checking in on that. I want the audience and myself, um, audience, I want to introduce Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrick. But I want you to tell them about who you are, your life when you're, you grew up to where you're at today. Tell us about your, your life. Well, goodness, at age 75, I guess I have a few things to talk about, but I've been interested in uh, uh, the experience of uh, those who've had mystical experiences or near-death experiences, and I combine that with my life's work, which is as an educator, researcher, and healthcare practitioner. I'm a nurse by training, and so I've spent many years uh, from uh, many different angles, including working in Australia, New Zealand, Peru, South Africa, throughout the U.S. Before you go on to that, before you go on to that long life there, tell us about your childhood. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. My parents, uh, my dad had a gas station, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and so mm-hmm. I had a pretty ordinary uh, uh, middle-class life and growing up. Mm-hmm. And then along the way, did you start having different visions of what you wanted to do with your life young, or did, did that come along when you became a, 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 a you later? What was your thinking when you were young? Uh, when I was young, I would just experience the world playing with animals, and I pretty much stayed by myself. Uh, I had an older sister. She was three years older than I was, and um, we shared a room together, and so we spent uh, a lot of times in just kind of talking about what was important to us. And throughout uh, our time together, we've uh, really helped and supported each other. But in the early days, uh, I remember sitting on a swing behind my dad's gas station and singing a song and just being happy as a lark. And I started hearing voices um, when I was very young, and I didn't know what to do with it. I just thought everybody heard voices, and so that was kind of the beginning of my spiritual experiences. So when you were hearing the voices, did you think that maybe that was the nature of the earth giving you a response to your uh, relationship that you seem to want to have to reach away from your own body and live away into the, um, the way our earth is living? Or did you just hear voices Like if you were praying, the prayer came back to you in a voice. Do you think that was it? It was a combination of things. Because I was very close to animals, when I would interact with them, I would feel mystical experiences. And then when I connect with plants, the same thing happened. But I would say most of the things occurred from my religious training I was raised in the Catholic Church up to my Mm -hmm. master's degree, and throughout that time, prayer was a very important part of my life, and Mm -hmm. so I believed in spiritual things, 
it primarily had a religious orientation. And uh-huh. uh, as I evolved and started working in other countries and hearing about other spiritual perspectives, I began to say, well, there's not just one way of looking at the world. And so I expanded my worldview. Right, right. Yeah, we've had... Why is it that a child, doctor, some children um, can sit down and play the piano and never have to read a note? Uh, Why is it that some people, we could go on and on and on with the certain uh, relationships that people have with living on this nature, this planet, that reach out away from their human flesh to live away from that, and they bring it to them, and then all of a sudden, they're afraid to tell anybody because they're thinking people would think they're crazy about what they're feeling and what they what they're enjoying as a, as a satisfaction of life away from the flesh out there in our world of I, I call it the universe of living with the orbit of the earth. But again, so as a young person, you started experiencing that. And then when did you decide that you wanted to take, get more involved with that? Uh, what, what age were you there when you, before you started traveling and getting more involved? Well, I think the most uh, significant event occurred when I was getting ready to leave high school and go into college. I was registered uh, to go become a physicist at Villa Madonna College in Kentucky. And mm-hmm. I was awakened in the middle of the night, and I heard a voice that said I was to be a nurse. I've never wanted to be a nurse in my entire life. I didn't have any connection with the healthcare system from a family point of view or from a personal interest. But because mm-hmm. I heard that voice, I went to um, another college, uh, which is College of Mount St. Joseph on the Ohio I met with the dean of the school of nursing, and I said I wanted to be a nurse. And she said to me, I didn't tell her I heard a voice that said I I wanted to be a nurse. So she <laughs> interviewed me, and she said, we've already accepted our class, and uh, you're really late in applying. I said, well, I, I believe that uh, nursing is a profession I need to go into. And so she asked me a few more questions about my experience in high school, and I answered. And one of the things uh, she asked me about is activities I was involved in school, and one of them was in the theater. I was in a theater, and uh, I also was in the honor society. And the minute I said the word, I was in the honor society, she said, you can come in. Well, I didn't get a chance to add. I was only in the Honor Society one semester because mm-hmm. as a young person, I had trouble with dyslexia and I had trouble processing information. And so learning was a challenge for me, but mm-hmm. that didn't stop me. And um, uh, so she admitted me to school and uh, I told her, I said, well, I don't have any money to attend this college because it was a very expensive <laughs> college. She looked at me dumbfounded that I had the nerve to even ask her to I come. I was going to say. <laughs> wasn't prepared. 
said, okay, well, I'll put you on a psychiatric mental health nursing grant. <laughs> and that's how I moved into the area of psychiatry. So I probably spiritually led throughout my entire life. Doctor, she probably thought you needed to be analyzed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she would have if I told her the story behind uh, what happened. <laughs> right. But that really was the beginning. Okay. Yes, and okay. it did shape my life. Well, good for you. But That's one of the main see. things. Of, yeah. You see why I like to get one of the main who, things. Who? Excuse me for a minute. Yeah. You see why on the show through the years we have we've had Nobel Prize winners on. We've had all over the world, and uh, you can see why uh, from uh, every the background, and you get a person to start explaining to us where they started and how they got there. And, and, and it gives the world a chance to hear. Not everything is on a silver platter. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> and we did come from the age. I'm 77, and I've said it. To, I, I'm very open about it forever, about my aging and enjoy it. And, and um, they, <laughs> uh, way back in time, my parents used to say, Oh, that's not, you're not ready for that one. You got to be a little older for that one. And then in school sports, they said, you got to wait for that. And I, I talked to mental enemy start a year early. And certain things I was always up to as a young person way back. And uh, you find yourself uh, um, doing certain things like you were doing that uh, in that era of women. Uh, we did things that we did go in and we could talk to people and talk them into things. I did, <laughs> as long as way back. And uh, so it sounds like, but that's why we like to talk to people about their lives. Uh, what did, how did you get to where you're going? And it sounds like that you got to a certain time of life that then you were able to pursue uh, what the voices and the conversation you were having with that spiritual faith to go forward and share that with others, and that's what your guest here today is, is uh, what you've learned and what you've been experiencing, and it sounds like you've been around the world doing this now. That is correct. And which one country of the things that uh, I became interested early on is um, when I start having these far-out mystical experiences, I wanted to study it. And the current thing that I'm most involved in now is working with an organization called the International um, Association of Near-Death uh, Society. And I'm currently a certified ISGO, which is a sharing group facilitator where we study and work with those who've had near-death experiences or other spiritual transformative experiences, and we have an online mm -hmm. platform where people can call in from all over the world and talk about their experiences. And uh, coming up soon, actually on, uh, on uh, Sunday, August the 25th, I'm going to be focusing hospice and hospital experiences near death experiences. Uh, experiences and talk about uh, what we've learned from it and how we can 
help others through that work. And now, when you say in the 1970s, excuse me, uh, uh, Doctor, can I interrupt as we go? Because uh, we, uh, we very rarely go back um, on the topics. When you say the word to our audience, near death, is that somebody who uh, was exposed to something, uh, a diagnosis, but they were able to uh, cure it or get into remission? What is it, exposure to a car accident when maybe they could have died, a person who has been emotionally caught up in life and they've thought, I don't think I want to live again. I mean, we could go on and on. The, the battle, the warrior who goes off to battle all over the world from America to fight wars, to help other people's lives, that one that comes back, I could go on and on and on. Um, uh, what, tell me what that word near death means. Well, everything you described are important components of it. You can have everything from accidents to hospital-related experiences to those who attempt suicide, uh, either intentionally or um, at the uh, expense of somebody else injuring or hurting them, and everything in between. So it refers to, there are a lot of books that have been written uh, by medical doctors, uh, Dr. Eben Alexander. He wrote a book called The Map of Heaven, and he's looking at science, religion, and ordinary people and their experiences and uh, how they affect what's going on in the afterlife. And we're going to be having uh, Dr. Penny Salatori, who's a U.K. nurse researcher, and she's been working in intensive care and has uh, documented uh, thousands of cases of where she has experienced uh, uh, interviewing and talking to those who've been in a hospital setting and what things were like for them. So the term encompasses really a whole lot. And what you were alluding to is an important part is many times when people have these far-out experiences, they don't feel comfortable talking about them. Right. Um, um, so we, um, if, if we uh, don't have a forum where people can share experiences that are really off the page and out of this universe, you can imagine what it's like for them to work through the grieving process, work through the changes that have happened in their life because of the experiences that they've had and so on. Something else that goes through my mind um, is the families that have a person who's been terminally diagnosed, just diagnosed, or had had near death. The trauma that the members of each family individually would have, depending upon the person's individuality. Do you you work with that, too, because of the trauma they had to go through at the time of death or the fact that their member of the family almost died and it affected them? Yes. Do you work with that? uh, I've I've had many kinds of experiences, uh, including all of the things you listed, and I'm going to describe one of them that happened probably within the last uh, year. 
I was on a business phone call with a colleague in uh, Colorado, and we were working on a very serious problem that had a lawsuit component to it. And as we were uh, having that discussion with the group who I was uh, a, a, a consultant to, um, she said that the lawyer who was uh, trying the case, might not be able to make the phone session that we had planned to do because uh, she, her mother was critically ill and she was helping to support caring for her mother, so she might not be able to come. And I said, that's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to postpone it. But the lawyer was able to um, make the phone call and we conducted our business together and hung up. And the next day, I, when I was eating my breakfast, I was visited by a spirit and the spirit said to me that they wanted to get information to her daughter. And uh, it was the woman who was dying, the lawyer's mother who was dying, who appeared to me. And I said, but I don't know her personally. I only know her in this business contact, and it doesn't seem like an appropriate thing for me to call her up and say, your mother's spirit is visiting me and wants to give you a message. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And so I continue eating my breakfast. She continued to appear to me and say, I really want you to do this. I need your help. So what I decided to do is call my colleague in Colorado, and I said, I have a message for your lawyer that is a personal message. Please share with her if she wants to hear it to give me a call, and I gave uh, my friend uh, my personal phone number. Uh, Sometime either that day or the next day, I received a call from the lawyer, and she shared... uh, I said, well, you may find this very difficult to accept, and I find it difficult to accept, but this is what happened to me. And I shared Can I with get her, you to hold that her no, mother I'm sorry. I, I, Doctor, we have to take a break. We, I, they asked me to do it about two minutes ago, but I, did. I didn't want to interrupt it until I thought that when we come back, then you can tell us uh, what you decided to do there. We're going to listen to this. Is the only time we'll okay. take that moment, Doctor. Thank you. We'll be right back. Okay. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. As you've all been hearing, dry eye is an epidemic worldwide. Our atmosphere is what supplements the surface of your eye naturally. Eye drops are meant to trap and seal and slow down moisture loss, but not supplement the atmosphere. Nature's Tears Eye Mist with 100% tissue culture grade of trade secret water supplements the surface of the eye, the tear film, with just a mist. If you're wearing cosmetics, if if you have a baby in the house, it's safe for everybody to use, and it will add on to make those eye drops even better. We'll We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist, and we'll be back with Dr. Mary Jo Boldra.
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. You are telling us a story that is fascinating with your your faith and strength and, and what you've been learning about yourself also through your life. But you were telling us about an experience with a conversation you had and a meeting you had. And then uh, you began to tell us about the spiritual relationship that happened. Could you continue? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. The experience was that I was visited by a spirit, an elderly woman who was uh, at the end of her life. And she wanted me to give a message to her daughter, who was a lawyer, and uh, I had had a brief meeting with a lawyer uh, due to a a business uh, relationship that uh, she and I were connected to. So anyway, the lawyer called me, and I shared with her, uh, I said, this is going to sound very far, but... It is my experience, and I felt uh, if you'd like to hear it, I'd be willing to give you the information that came to me. She said, yes, I would. I said, well, your mother is close to the end of her life, she has told me, and she is ready to go. And she asked that you and family members come and hold her in a circle of love. And while that is being done, you form an outer circle around her by holding hands, and that includes people who are physically still alive but perhaps might not be able to be in the room with her. And what will happen is that spiritual beings from the other side will come and hold her in a circle of light as well, 
and help her cross to the other side. I said, I know this sounds very far out, and uh, but uh, I did say to your mom I would pass the information on if you would like to do it uh, or if you'd like for me to um, help support you in any way with this, I'd be happy to do so. And she said, yes, she really would like to do it, and she would follow up with me after it was done. She called me two days later, maybe it was three days later, and said she did the process that I described her, which was form a circle around her mother with those who were physically alive and um, hold sacred space and love for her. And she passed peacefully after, shortly after that. She said she was very grateful to me and was pleased that she was able to be there with her mom when she made the transition, and she thanked me. And that is just Mm -hmm. one of the stories that Mm -hmm. I've had, Mm -hmm. many tied into this topic. That is, um, that is, I've gone through that, and uh, with, um, not too long ago, actually, my mother's best friend, who just passed away at 99, she she decided to call people that she loved and cared about laying in there to say goodbye. And she did. And then later then I wrote a, a, a God's will of what he, what is happening with her beautiful life of 99 years. And we've done that. I've done that. But that's not, right. that's not what, what you're doing. Now, um, I wanted to ask you something, and the timing today of the show, um, what's going out in the world has been a fascinating, because I study, when you study the molecule the way I have, the beginning of time and the droplet of water, the breath of life, and you come to knowing that there's not something by far more powerful than human flesh, human life. We live with the universe. We live with <clears throat> a will of strength of all kinds of religions that I have so much respect in because they all began different times of earth and different reasons, like color did, because of what was going on at the time with that droplet of water and the influence of it. Where we're at today is the the emotions that have been going on for so long, that have been slowly developing with people um, wanting to take more pills to feel better, Um, alcohol, uh, gambling, life challenges of, of gambling with other people's lives. Uh, then they come along and we get more emotionally caught up and uh, with what, where we're at and how strong we want to be about it so nobody misunderstands by our tone and who we are. All these years it was developing. And because of your life and your dedication and your commitment to helping others and your devotion. 
how do you handle that? Or how would you handle that out there with, in our country through the years? It took years to have that happen of people wanting to go out and with what's been going on with, the, with people saying, if you see them and you don't like them, pound them. Or, or they go over and they say, don't let them get away with it and scream at them. Or you come and physically come after young kids because you're upset with them. Or you, all these abuses, and then now we have the Internet that's causing an abuse to people because people feel like they can get away with it. And um, it's all free. Freedom, I mean. How do you handle that with your passion and your commitment today? Well, for me, um, I believe life is a journey and we're sent here on earth to uh, learn some lessons that will help us on our path. And we are uh, on this journey to be able to receive and to give love and deal with the circumstances that life teaches us. And it's curious to me that you bring up the topic about the emotions and how unstable they are, because I had a conversation early this morning with a colleague that I brought who up. Excuse made me. a comment. Excuse me. About, I, I, Dr. Dr. Raymond, I said the ocean. I didn't. I didn't bring up the ocean. The ocean. No, I didn't say ocean. No, no, I'm saying the emotion. Oh, oh, emotions. I apologize to you. I brought it up. You brought the emotions up the people. Okay. Emotions. Okay. Okay. Yes. And so what I okay, was saying, you. that this morning that I had a discussion with a colleague, and he uh, commented that at times I suppress my emotion. And I had a laugh and say, that's absolutely true, because I am a head person. I am an academic, I'm a researcher, I'm a mental health person, and so, uh, and I hear voices, and I see things from different time elements that don't fit the normal paradigm. So emotionally, I've had to withdraw because I'm in a very vulnerable spot, but that doesn't mean I don't share emotions. I'm selective who I share my emotions with. But I want to bring up the the bigger theme that you're addressing, which is people who are unable to handle their own emotions do things that can hurt themselves or that hurt others. And we have a clear example of that, what happened on Sunday, where two individuals who, for what reason we don't know yet, but influenced the lives of many people, many people and many more to come. And so I'm very committed personally to share what I know, how you, each of us, can deal with our individual family emotional states because how we become who we are is tied into our family experiences and growing up. It's tied into can, our can cultural I, can, I, can, I, can I share with you that one, too? Um, that is... Uh, sure. You know, I, if I had the time, I would do it. I would bring a conference together with people from all world 
backgrounds like yourself. And when that baby leaves the home, pardon me, I'm sorry, when that baby leaves the hospital, there should be an education about the manners at home, the outlook at home. You are so right, doctor, because uh, I, I, my brother, who was a, uh, unbelievable, graduate of Wharton with an MBA, but also human resource worldwide, Ronald Cowan, learn that those environmental conditions at home are vital to the children of their seed and their 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 emotion and their passion and and how they want to live on this planet with the rhythm that it offers. And I look at it like rhythm, doctor. That if you get out of rhythm, the person's going to be uh, subjected to themselves with nothing is in control for them. And you don't know which person that's going to be affected by. Am I right or wrong about that? No, that's true. And I can give a clinical example that I just experienced last week on Friday. I was working online with a student from uh, India. This student is a healthcare professional as well as an educator, and she's working on her PhD. And we had a session set up for one of her classes, and she called or she sent me a message that she was in the hospital and would have to postpone it for a week. So, and she shared with me what her symptoms were, and I gave her some suggestions of how to deal with the symptom energetically. So the following uh, week when we met together in person, she said how much better she was, and she followed what I showed her to do. And then she commented, she started to cough when we were uh, having our discussion. And I said, and the cough was related to her symptoms she had in the hospital. I said, what about if we look to see where that symptom came from and how it affected you? We traced it back to when she was in utero. And so it wasn't a symptom that came about because of somebody she met last week, last year, or even early childhood, it occurred in utero. So I happened to mention, I said, okay, the pattern I'm seeing is tied into your inability to speak up in your own behalf. She said, that's absolutely true. And I said, is that the same situation with your mother, that she has trouble speaking up in her own behalf? And she said, that is true as well. So then we did a healing connected to break that lineage, that family lineage that started in utero. She sent me an email and said that her mother is 100% feeling better and she is free of the symptom. Now that occurred in an online discussion with my teaching her a way how to change it and helping her to pinpoint where the symptom was held in her energy system and what part of her body was influenced and how it was shaping her personal and professional life. Okay. So that's just one example of many. (laughs) And this is our world. You know, this is something that we can watch all over the world. 
and uh, what's going right. on with people and their outlook. And we all know that when I stop and think about uh, people getting so angry that they 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 don't care. They they're so angry. They're they're running out the door. Please listen. Please listen. Oh, I've been trying to tell you. I'm I'm upset. I'm I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm really needing somebody to talk to, uh, not on the Internet. Uh, I need somebody to talk to. And, uh, is there somebody I could talk to about all this? And it doesn't happen overnight. You're, you're the doctor of all this. Am I wrong? But this does not happen overnight. This takes a long time to get to where that person's crying for help, and they didn't get it. Am I well, this is the reason why I want to, well, no, but this is the reason why I'm committed to uh, deal with this problem in multiple directions. Some of the ways that I'm dealing with it, I'm working with educators in Montessori education at the mm-hmm. uh, children's school level issue. Oh, We're teaching them how to deal with their anxieties that occur in the okay. classroom. And I have another student who's working with a teacher of teachers in helping them how to approach family issues. Now, we only have... And then in another case... um, We only have a couple of minutes left, but how would you get a child, real quickly? I only got two minutes. Uh, how How would you get a child to start thinking about, if they're emotionally caught up in something, what to do? How do you teach that in the classroom? Uh, well, I would surround them in love. I would hug them. I would tell them how much I like so them. I want to be with them. I want to talk to them. Do you tell their friends Absolutely. to do that with them? Because they're, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it is love that's know. going to change the world. Well, in love, love and passion, forgiveness. Because all of us have been hurt by others. And we need to forgive. And then also, don't you think, we're out of time, but don't you think it's also understanding our planet, how we're living here, with this whole universe of a rhythm and beauty and excitement and passion, passion of love, not just love, passion of love, and looking out the door and looking at things. Yes. It's how you look at it, right? Yes, I believe we're all here to learn how to give and to receive love and deal with the life's challenges that come before us. And getting the support that we need is what can make a big difference. And then also let Earth do some whispering to us like you do. And you know you're amazing. You're amazing. You listen. You let that faith of your heart be in something else's hands unselfishly doctor, and you wanted to listen to Earth whispering to you, and look what you're doing for others today. I want to thank you for coming on today and sharing with us what your passion is all your life and what you're giving and helping others, and I hope you can go out now and help those who are really needing for others to listen to them of what's going on with their emotions. But thank you for coming on with us today. Thank you for giving me... You have Thank a you. I appreciate having the opportunity. Okay. You have a good day. God bless you. Bye. And back to you. Thank you.
Bye. Well, audience, I want you to know that a life out there is amazing. It's a gift to all of you, every one of you, by your birth. And to take that serious. But learn to listen to Earth, not just people. Listen to the planet. Listen to the wind. Listen to the birds. Listen to the water dripping. And put it in your home if you want to listen. But always remember, listen, girth is whispering. Put someone's heart in your hands, and your heart will be in their hands too. And put all children, priority, perfect. Thank you for listening, and will you have a good day. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.